0: Welcome in to a Friday edition of the Back and Forth podcast. I'm your host, Stat Matt, aka Matt Raftery. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host Joey G, and more playoff basketball and some other basketball-related news to get to uh, today. But we are in the thick of basketball season, so that's why basketball, uh, basketball, basketball. I, I, and then we're gonna get to like July and be like,
1: well, what do we talk about now? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know what we'll have. We'll have, I mean, we'll have baseball maybe uh um, we gotta become big baseball dog competition fan. shows will be yeah some press passes to that there you go <laughs> uh we'll we'll, fi- we'll find something though for sure <laughs> this border collie is just I mean top line uh so, I mean, yeah I mean it's gonna it's gonna be rough in the summer I remember a couple years ago um the those those summers were rough it was kind of just a lot of a lot of filler things and I don't think we we'll, we'll try to focus more on uh quality over quantity this summer for sure yeah, for sure. Um, but let's uh, let's get
0: right into it. We've got um, some non-playoff news to get to first in the association, and that being that uh, the Lakers have announced their new, uh, or uh, rather, their uh, list of finalists for their open head coaching vacancy. It's a, um, it's a pretty thick. It's a pretty thick list. I mean, it might take us. I'm a little disappointed that Matt Rafferty didn't make that list. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed. Not gonna lie. I don't think you'd want that job, Matt. Uh, it's a lot of money. There you go.
1: Um, but bear with us here it's just, it's a long list um Darvin Ham and Terry Stotts there you go that's the list uh those are the finalists for the Lakers head coaching job um the Bucks assistant that that could be promising um David Ham, or uh, Darvin Ham could be a uh, a potential steal Terry Stotts mm. I mean, do we remember, uh, do we remember Terry Stotts as the coach of the, 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 trailblazers and, uh, the constant slander this guy got? Are we sure? Are you sure, uh, LeBron, uh, you know, uh, a guy who's only getting older and, uh you, you want to waste this, this last chance maybe you may have at winning a title on, you want to bank it all on Terry Stotts? I don't know. Um, the Mark Jackson disrespect also continues, um, I'm not sure why this guy has yet to get an NBA head coaching job. I don't know what's going on in these interviews. I don't know if he has stage fright or something. I, I, I seriously doubt that. But um, people tend to forget the the, the 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 dynasty that Golden State has, Mark Jackson has a lot to do with. Like his previous season before the Warriors went on to make five straight NBA finals, they were a 50-win team, I believe, and they went to a seven-game series in the second round. And they fired him after that. And I'm not saying Steve Kerr is a bad coach because I don't think Steve Kerr is a bad coach. But, like, Steve Kerr didn't build that team. Mark Jackson built that team. Um, And I feel like he could have been a really good – he's a veteran head coach, you know, coaching a veteran team essentially. Um, And I don't know if I would go as far as to say title contenders right away, but they would definitely – it would be almost automatic they'd make the playoffs with him as head coach. Darvin Ham. He spent a few years under the Bucks organization. Um, I mean, he could be a a, uh, a a potential home run hire. I don't know a lot about him. I don't think a lot of people really know a lot about him. And Terry Stotts, like, I don't know why. I don't know what Terry Stotts. He must be a great salesman because I don't know what he's, he's he telling He looks them. like a car salesman. He does look like a car salesman. Like, I look
0: at Terry Stotts and be like, that'd be a guy that like, yeah, sells cars. Yeah, he probably
1: spent the last few years over at Toyota <laughs> um, selling 40 cars a month and – you know, he's like, okay, now I can really con the Lakers here um into <laughs> giving me a, a six million dollar contract to coach their team. So um I mean I mean, yeah, this is this is kind of a, a for lack of a better term, a pathetic list of uh, uh a pathetic group of finalists, I should say, or pair of finalists, um, considering the high standard uh the Lakers organization have and they hold themselves to and the high standard that the fans have and or high expectations that the fans have and their rich history of 17 championships, blah, 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 um, You would think that you would see some better candidates or better. You would think Terry Stotts would not be. Terry Stotts is a guy who is a finalist for the Hornets coaching job or the uh Pistons coaching job, not the Lakers. Like Terry Stotts should not be um, in any conversation with, a, a a Lakers, the Lakers organization, the Knicks, Celtics, like any of those big teams, um, Terry Stutt should not be anywhere near of. Um, but something tells me that he'll be the head coach because he has more experience than um, um, Ham, and uh, I feel like that's what the Lakers are going to bank on here. And um, fortunate decision if you're a Lakers hater like me and Matt. But uh, if you're a Lakers fan, this is not uh, promising news, I think. Um, there are definitely better options out there. Um, for them to go out and get like like a Mark Jackson or even a, a young college coach potentially or somebody from that Popovich coaching tree like Mike Boonoser was and like Ime Odoka was. Um, and even Steve Kerr, I think, was part of that Popovich coaching tree. So um, they could have went out and got somebody like that, but they're completely going in the opposite direction and just they seem to be setting the bar lower and lower every year for their um, uh, coaching hires, it seems like, because it went from, uh, who was it? Who was it before Luke Walton? It was something Scott. He was a former player.
0: Oh, uh, Byron Scott.
1: Byron Scott. Byron Scott to Luke Walton to Ty Lue, who was supposed to be the head coach. They didn't. They fumbled the bag with that somehow, and he went to the Clippers to Frank Vogel to Terry Stotts potentially. I think. Terry Stotts is a worse hire than frank vogel like you're getting worse there like those are practically the same people um Terry Stotts could slightly be worse so um yeah not 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 a not a not a promising uh day if you're a Lakers fan yeah um i
0: that's a uh it's not a great list of candidates by any means um it's not even a
1: list it's a pair <laughs> yeah you'd think
0: like it'd be a deeper a deeper list, but it's not. Yeah, the Lakers probably would have been better off just conducting interviews of L.A. citizens for the head (laughs) coaching position, if that's the two names you're going to bring up. Um, Terry Stotts was, in a sense, carried by the Trailblazers to a lot of their success. Um, Any team that had Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, uh, some of their other pieces that they had during that time, um, you could just pencil them in for a playoff appearance. Like, it didn't matter who the head coach was. Um, and then when it, the you know you were trying to make deeper runs into the playoffs, if you're the Blazers, you kind of saw the true colors of Terry Stotts. Like you saw where the ceiling was. And I think if you hire somebody like Terry Stotts, you're probably going to get something similar. Like you're probably going to get a first round appearance. On a good year, maybe you get to the second round, but Terry Stotts is not going to take you to a championship. Um, it's just not within his DNA. Uh, the Bucks assistant. A little more promising, but again, you're always taking a little bit of a risk when you bring on an assistant to be a head coach because they're essentially two different roles. Uh, the assistant coach is very more hands-on. Um, they're very involved in the day-to-day type of stuff with the team, um, development of players. That calls a lot on the on the assistant coaches. Um, making that transition from assistant coach to head coach can sometimes be more detrimental Uh, some guys are better assistant coaches than head coaches and vice versa Um, I I don't disagree with the name of Mark Jackson again it's kind of mind-boggling why this guy hasn't been hired by anybody after basically laying the baseline down for the Warriors dynasty to what it is now and I think Mark Jackson would be a guy that is you can tell he's a player's coach. The players respect Mark Jackson. They um they want to play
1: for him. That's who LeBron originally wanted, too.
0: Yeah. And if you're the Lakers, I mean, you basically tied everything to LeBron. Not saying you necessarily have to go with every decision he puts out there, but I, I think LeBron should have some level of input, um, especially if, he's going to be the key centerpiece to your franchise for a few more years now. Um, There's got to be other names out there too. Like you can't sit there with a straight face of the Lakers organization and say, well, these are the two best we found. Um, There was, (laughs) there's has to be guys out there. You could go into the college ranks if you wanted to. Um, You could look around even some of the- Kevin Kruger might, might even uh, outbid those two guys. I mean, Hey, for, for what it's worth, Kevin Kruger, he- he picked up four top 75 wins this year, so um, he's working his way up there. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, you, could, you if you're the Lakers, it, it feels like this is being rushed. Um, they're trying to rush into a head coach because all the pressure is, keeps building on them as far as, like, oh, who's going to be the next head coach? When are you guys going to hire one? Stuff like that. Um, the the fact of the matter is we're still in the twenty twenty-one twenty-two 22 season, they're, if you're the lakers you can take your time with this and you can really dig deep and find the right candidate that's going to be the right fit because you haven't had a right fit really since Phil Jackson left town like that was honestly probably the best head coach you, the lakers organization has had in recent memory and it feels like every head coach after him has either been mediocre or they've been below average and for a organization that you know is supposed to be one of the most famed organizations in all of sports um the fact that you are basically settling for mediocrity at your head coaching spot is a little disappointing to be honest like if if i was a fan i'd be outraged by those two names yeah um you know we we all know that money is not an issue with the lakers so it's not like they're they're limited as far as who they can hire based off uh salary and all that they can hire whoever they want they have the resources for it. They have plenty of cap space for it. Um, and they have ownership that has really deep pockets. and you can then go out and get a high profile coach that's going to actually turn the pro turn the team around for the better um, because right now you take away the bubble championship, this Lakers team has been rather underwhelming and disappointing um, for all the hype that's been getting. Um, I-, I think if you're the Lakers, at the current state, I think you go back to the drawing board and start over on the head coaching search because, again, there's no real... Like, you're not gaining anything by hiring a coach now compared to hiring a coach a month from now when you've had time to develop names, conduct interviews. Maybe make
1: your roster a little more appealing as well.
0: Yeah, because really, I mean, it's not like... It's not like um, college where you really need to try and get a coach nailed down fairly soon because of recruiting the the only real recruiting that happens in the nba is around free agency time and we're still nowhere near that yet so i i think if you're the lakers you can definitely take your time with this um, but those two names sound like they are settling on a coach rather than finding the guy that actually fits for them
1: yeah it just seems like a uh, like matt said a rush process and uh Couple, I think a week ago, me and Matt sat here and said, you know, the the Lakers can't be afraid to um, think differently than LeBron James or maybe go in a different direction. I don't think this is what we met though. No, <laughs> this is not when we met. Don't go to Terry Stotts. Like there, there, there are better options out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're like, like, like Matt said. Um, if you're, if you're a Lakers fan, this is extremely frustrating and disappointing. Um. For a for an organization that has that has such high standards to be settling on, again Ham I don't know much about so I'm not really gonna bash him. He could be a potential home run hire, but Terry Stotts like that's just insulting to the Lakers fan base and that's just a slap in the face for Terry Stotts because sit like let's let's I, I really want to be in a room with Rob Palinka for those who don't know is the Lakers general manager and Jeannie Buss who's the Lakers owner and say compare Terry Stotts and Frank Vogel. Like seriously sit there and compare them and show me how Terry Stotts is significantly better than, than Frank Vogel. And I honestly do not think that they could look me in the face and, um, give me actual reasons and proof how, how Terry Stotts is a better hire than, than, than Frank Vogel or would be a better coach. Um, it doesn't make any sense. So, uh, that's just the, that's just the, the, the boat they're in right now. And, um, Maybe next week when we do an episode we'll have a um, we'll have an official head coach for them and um if you're a Lakers fan, you better you better pray it's not Terry Stotts.
0: Yeah, that would be uh that'd be a, a nightmare for sure. Um but it'd be a dream for us. It'd, it'd be, be a dream, dream for, for me. Hey,
1: Man, my, my, yeah. my Celtics are in the Eastern finals and the the Lakers are seeming to their 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 ship is just sinking more and more by the day. So it's 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 fun for me. And Matt, you know, his his clippers will be healthy next year and we're just watching this this Lakers boat continuously sink, and their new thing is now Zach Levine. Before we move on, I wanted to discuss that real quick. That Zach Levine is going to the Lakers. How much how much sense does that make? And the reason is because I don't think Bleacher Report hears themselves think. The reason was he doesn't want to be second fiddle anymore, so he's gonna to go to the Lakers and play second fiddle I behind LeBron. Who's he LeBron? playing second
0: fiddle to right now?
1: Demar Derozan, hey. like. <laughs>
0: I would say that's like a 1A, 1B, maybe. That's (laughs) not even
1: really second. I don't think he's second fiddle to to DeMar DeRozan. No. But he's going to go to the Lakers and be third fiddle, actually, behind LeBron and AD. Yeah.
0: So his touches are going to go down. His numbers are going to go down. And his chances of winning a championship probably are going to go down, actually.
1: And also does not fit that team whatsoever at all. And how are the Lakers with no cap space going to acquire Zach Levine. And well, here's what Laker fans are going to say. Sign and trade. Okay, what are you going to give the Bulls? The Bulls are going to want to take on Westbrook's contract? They're going to like, oh, yeah, we already have a point guard in Lonzo Ball Let's, and Colby White. Let's have Russell Westbrook in there who doesn't fit us at all, and we're going to have to shell out $47 million to this year. THT. Oh, they're classic. There you go. They're going to want <laughs> Taylen Hornthucker. <laughs> Deal, that's fair. We're giving you our <laughs> we're giving you our two time all-star and dunk contest champion and our leading scorer for uh Taylor Horn Thucker. you've sold us Frank. You've sold not Frank Vogel, you've sold us Rob Palenka. Yeah. So what a mess. Yeah, it's a complete mess. But something that's not a mess. I mean, I guess kind of a mess because these first few games have been blowouts so far. Um conference finals. Yes. Start in the uh start in the east. Um
0: right now that that series stands between the Heat and the Celtics. The Heat um, turned it on in the second half of Game 1 to take a 1-0 series lead, and Boston responded accordingly in Game 2. Both games' blowouts, 1-1 is the series right now. Man, if Boston could have put together a second half, it
1: could be 2-0. Boston's won every quarter except that third quarter uh, in Game 1, so... I was telling I was telling my family last night. I was like, I'm not not satisfied with this win because we should be up 2-0 right now. And that that third quarter really killed us. Um, but a great bounce back game, uh, and it just shows you um, how how dangerous the Celtics team can be at full strength and when everyone plays to their part. And Miami is is still a very good team. So the series is is not over. Um, Miami is I think matches us. Is the only team really in the NBA that can match us on our physicality right now. Um, and they, and they've showed that. And, um, they're also down a guy too, in Kyle Lowry, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's very hard because I think this heat team is very likable. Um, Jimmy Butler is an extremely likable player. I like, I, I really love Jimmy Butler. Eric Spolstra is a great coach. Um, Pat Riley, who does hate Boston, but is, 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 is just so respectable. Um, and is, is great at his job and has a, a fantastic coaching career as well. um all in all a very likable team i mean tyler hero is like a punchable face but other than that like they're 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 a pretty fun um and and exciting team to watch uh but um yeah both games have been blowouts we're going back to boston for games three and four celtics are four and two at home in the playoffs miami i think is the opposite of that i think they're two and four on the road so um boston's got to get both of these here to put it away you don't want to you don't want to be in a position where you got to play game seven in Miami. Um, Miami is Celtics handed Miami their first home loss of uh, the playoffs last night. They're seven and one at home right now in the playoffs. You do not want to play uh, a game seven in Miami. So um, Boston's got to keep the foot on the gas pedal. And also, the sooner you close out the series, the more days of rest you get. Um, they didn't really get their fair amount of rest after the Bucs series because two days later, you have to hit the road and travel with the Heat. So, and every, every, Every game in this series is going to be two, uh, a day apart. So it's going to be very tough. The series is going to wrap up in 14 days. So if it goes to seven games, um, seven of those will be played in a 14 day span. So if you want your rest and to get ready for the finals, um, you want to close this out as soon as you can, which the Celtics are capable of doing. But also, Miami's not going to let that happen just because of how how tough and physical they are. And as long as Jimmy Butler's there, um, this Miami Heat team's not going to roll over easily. So a good win for Boston, but. Um, They got these next two games at home are are extremely important for them. Yeah. They can't split them.
0: I feel like that's what's coming, though. I I agree
1: with you, but they they can't split them in my eyes.
0: Yeah. I mean, the the obvious answer is Boston needs to go up 3-1. I think the realistic answer is it's probably 2-2 going into game five because I think Miami's good enough to steal a game in Boston – uh, they, they've proven that um, through a couple different stints during the first two games when the games were a little bit closer, and especially in that third quarter, game one, uh, Miami has proven that they can put together runs and they can put together um, decently long runs, too, to put together uh, you know game-winning type of uh, momentum runs, if you will, and stuff like that. So I, I think Miami, like Joey said, they can match Boston's physicality, and that might be enough to steal a game in Boston. I can't see Miami going to, uh, to Boston and taking both. The more realistic would be Boston taking both at home and making it a 3-1 series. But like I said, realistically, I think we're looking at a 2-2 series going back to Miami, which, I, I mean, I think Boston could win Game 5, and that, I think Game 5 is going to be the crucial one. If you win Game 5, you're going to win the series.
1: Um, well bucks Bucks won game five and they lost the series. I mean it you're you're typically right eighty five percent of the time that does happen, but um you don't wanna you wanna take advantage of home court, you know, and I agree with you though I think the series does get split because I think Boston will win game three and then Miami's gonna have their backs against the wall and they're gonna throw a punch back. Yeah, which I mean if if Boston wins game three,
0: I really like their chances to win game four. um typically, when you get teams that are throwing the kitchen sink out, um, sometimes they can make mistakes. And that might be what Boston needs Miami to do is to get a little bit more on the desperate side of things because it could open up some easier opportunities for Boston in game four. Um, but none of that can happen if Boston doesn't win game three. Yeah, like, like that has to be first and foremost. They have to win game three and really put a little bit of urgency in Miami. Um, because it it didn't feel like there was any urgency in Miami in game two. I think they were pretty content with letting Boston have game two. It felt like, I mean, it was 70 to 45 at half. Um, it felt like, okay, yeah, Boston's going to get game two. Like we'll, we'll try again in game three. So um, it'll be an interesting series. If it's two, two, it does have a potential to go seven, but something tells me that one way or the other, it's going to get wrapped up in six. Um, although I think a 2-2 series does make this pretty interesting. Uh, but let's look at the Western Conference. They have Game 2 set to play tonight between the Mavericks and the Warriors. And uh, the Warriors, um, they they defended their home court in Game 1, and they, they did it rather convincingly, uh, winning by, I believe, over 20 points against the Mavericks. And it just didn't feel like it was really Luca's
1: night in Game 1. No, but I think it would be Luca's night in Game 2. Um. Ooh, I think it was it was very similar to what both teams here with both Boston and and uh, Dallas. They kind of just both wrapped up a seven game series, a little bit of fatigue going into the next game I was going to be on the road, um, so they had to travel. Especially Phoenix, you had to travel back to back because you're already in Phoenix, then you got to go to Golden State. Um, so uh, I think there's just a little bit of game one fatigue from both teams. Uh, I think you'll see a much more competitive game tonight. And I think Dallas has a real shot to win it, and I I still stand by Dallas has a real shot to win this series. Um, Luca gets going, he's unstoppable and I th- I think he really gets going tonight and also it-, it depends on how his guys around him play. If Spencer Dinwiddie gets hot uh, like he did in game 7, who also had a very underrated performance that I don't think he got a lot of credit for, um Dallas has got has Dallas has got tonight in the bag. Um and uh th- th- they've also shown through a few games this year that they can be one of the better defensive teams as well. Um, especially in Game Seven, I think they really showed that, only allowing 27 points in the first half to the to the Phoenix Suns, which is one of the better offensive teams in the league. So um, it, it all comes down to little things like that. And like I said, I, I, Chase Center is no Oracle Arena. I don't think it's an impossible um, arena to win it on the road, especially in the playoffs. So uh, I like Dallas tonight in Game Two. Yeah, uh, I think Luca yeah. goes for Luca goes for 40. Then when he puts up uh, 22.
0: I think Warriors win game 2 as well. Uh I could see I could see the Mavs winning game 2, but more reasonably I think the Warriors are winning game 2. I'll say this, I think game 2 is closer than game 1 by far. Yeah. I think if the Warriors win, they're going to win in the neighborhood of probably 6 to 8 points somewhere in there. Um it's not going to be a 25 point beatdown like it was in game 1. Um it's not that the Mavs were necessarily taking bad shots. They just weren't getting them to fall. They were all good looks. They were all...
1: They looked tired at that game, honestly.
0: Yeah. Um, there was the the infamous picture cir- uh, circling around before game one of uh, Luca, Luca and Boban <laughs> out having a, a few cold ones before game one. He might have
1: been a little tipsy. I think that's what
0: happened. I think Luca was just a little... L- lost a little sight of the basket. Yeah, a little, little, see... little tipsy. Probably seeing two or three baskets. Yeah. Um... Just aiming for the one in the middle, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, people thought, like, that picture, okay, one of two things was going to happen. Either Luca was going to have a bad night or he was going to go drop 50. Right. Um, it, it seems like the uh, the first of those options ended up happening. But I do think it's a close game in game two. i I'm not going to say bo- or uh, Dallas can't necessarily win. But I do think that Golden State probably defends home court. Um, there was a there was actually a notable amount of people uh, looked like at Chase Center for Game One. Uh, I know they were all heckling
1: Barkley after the game, and um, I'm not denying it's a sellout, but I'm just saying that it's no it's no Oracle Arena. Oracle was a a uh, a death sentence to go into. I think in the playoffs, um, yeah. Who was it? The fact that the fact that LeBron won a Game Seven there on the road not only came back three one, but that he won a Game Seven at Oracle Arena. Uh, let alone is, is is pretty impressive. Or like the, like I told like I said in the last episode, they won. There was a point where they had won like thirty some straight games. There, um, it was a really hard place to. A lot of the older arenas I noticed were harder to play in, and like even in college basketball, like Allen Fieldhouse, like a lot of these old arenas are just hard to play in, and then they build these newer state of the art arenas, and it just comes. It's, it's for some reason they're not as good at home um, and the Warriors have been playing good at home so far in the playoffs but you know they played Memphis in the first round an extremely young Grizzlies team which I think they also won a game in that series on the road and then they played who did they play in the first round Denver uh, yeah. a beaten up broken injured Denver team uh, and now they're playing um, a Mavericks team which I think is close to on their level so we'll see how this series plays out but uh, yeah, Chase Center. Like I just like I've said repeatedly, Chase Center is no an Oracle, and you can win there. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see if the Mavs can actually
0: do that in Game Two tonight. Um, could be interesting if it goes one-one. Uh, going back to
1: Dallas, oh yeah, um, it becomes I think more of an interesting series. If it goes one-one, I think that goes to seven. If, if, if Dallas wins tonight, I think that's gonna be it because it's just I think it's gonna be a constant. You win one, we win one. You win yeah. one, we win one. Um, it'll be kind of like back and forth. Exactly. They're promoting our. They're promoting our podcast, Matt. They knew it.
0: They 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 knew. Um, we didn't put any calls to them or anything. They no. just they just knew.
1: They're not making it as obvious as we would like them to do it. But hey, you know we'll, we'll take what we can. Yeah, get.
0: Take, yeah. Obviously, take what you can get. You don't want to be like uh, rigging it in a sense. But yeah. well, um, you'll
1: see what will happen. Was um, in game seven, you'll it'll be on ESPN, and then you'll see uh, what's his name, Mike Breen. Mike Breen. Yeah. He'll be like, this series has been back and forth, and then he'll pause and he'll kind of just stare at the camera. And everyone kinda of wonder what he's talking about, but all that will matter is that me and you will mean See, will at understand. that at that
0: point we need to we need to find a Mike Breen um sound effect that we can put into the show permanently. Like if yeah. he does something like that for sure. Um <laughs> something we'll said, get a phone call from ESPN. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> said somebody said on Twitter they're like, um, man, I, I want the Mike Breen uh bang every any time I hit like a sports bet or something like that. Oh yeah. That'd
1: be great. But I've also seen Hearing Mike Breen's bang when your team is like getting cooked is the most, oh, one that's of the most decimating. Yeah, one of the most devastating sounds you can hear. It's just, I want to turn, every time I hear it, I want to turn off my team. or largest lead of the night. That also just completely, uh, yeah. completely makes me want to shut down. But
0: the, I would say the bang when your team is on the road
1: and oh, yeah. it's a, a shot against it. Yeah. The crowd erupts. Oh, yeah. It's rough. It's, but it's like going into solitary confinement. Yeah. <laughs> But, <laughs> but when you're winning, it's like it's 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 a it's a great feeling. He's definitely one of the um the better um I think one of the best uh announcers in the NBA. It's not like Kevin Harlem, right? Oh yeah, Kevin Harlem's just you gotta <laughs> taking, shot at taking the- shots at poor OBJ for no reason. <laughs> right. I really like Van Gundy too. Van Gundy's pretty funny. Which one? Oh yeah, that's right. Jeff. Jeff Van Gundy. Steve Van Gundy, when he announces you understand why he's not a head coach anymore. You're like, Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I can see why he's not a head coach. He's like I really don't like Marcus Smart taking an open three pointer when he's three of five from the three point. It's like what? <laughs> he's obviously shooting well. It's an open three. That's how the NBA is. There. Why wouldn't you want him? Why wouldn't you want him shooting that? Yeah. So um, he, he did. Did he, he? I wonder how awkward it was from if he did call any Pelican games this year. To see how good the Pelicans and how better they were this season without him as their head coach. He probably put in a thing to ESPN that's like, hey, don't. TNT, or yeah, yeah, TNT.
0: Don't don't schedule me with any
1: Pelican home games. <laughs> Pelican games at all, actually. If he was, he's just bashing New Orleans the entire time. He's like, yeah. you know what, this new head coach, I don't like his attitude. I don't think he's uh I don't think he's cut out for this job. Right. you know, just constant right. constant like little 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 jabs like that. But um Jeff Van Gunny is definitely the uh the better one of those announcers. Another guy who I think uh, is deserving of a uh, – his his brother's reputation shouldn't screw over his chances to be a head coach. I think at some point he deserves a shot as well. Yeah, for sure. Along with Mark Jackson. Yeah. So if the Lakers are listening, we've
0: given you uh, some viable candidates already. I'll give you one. Kevin Krueger. <laughs> All righty. Um, <laughs> with that, we will we'll talk to you guys on Or Monday. T.J. Alzenberger. How about that, okay, T.J. are we're Okay, get, we're getting really downhill here. Okay. <laughs> Uh, We'll talk to you guys on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the hoops. Over the weekend, a lot of playoff action going around in both uh, the NBA and NHL. Plenty to break down for you coming up on a Monday's edition of the Back and Forth Podcast. Until then, enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you all on Monday.